morning, church. How y'all this morning? Everybody happy? Glad to be here? All right. Actually, your face actually shows that you mean that this morning. I'm proud of that. All right. Um, my name's Jeremy Lindsay. I'm the campus pastor here. Um, if you have, didn't know that, um, I get the opportunity to serve you guys and um, to be a part of this amazing church family. And I'm just excited about today. Uh, we've been planning and, and trying to just, it takes a lot of planning to get this happening. I'm not a planner, so I thank God for, for Sam and Dallas and, and Lindsay uh, helped come alongside and a lot of you other people that have came alongside them and helped for this uh, so we get the chance to love on our community. Um, man, I'm just excited to see what God's going to do through this. Um, I don't know about you, but I love Christmas time. I love this season. I just, I, I just love it. And, and uh, not because of the decorations, not because of, of the time off, which is nice. I just love it because, to me, it brings to my mind the validity of Jesus. It brings to my mind, like, I have to not think about the presents. I have to not think about the, the family events. I have to, I think about Jesus. I mean, I think about what he did, that he came so that we could have life and have life more money. Man, that, that's awesome to me. And, and, that, that, and, you know, we were praying this morning, and Carrie was praying, and, and she said something about, you know, often we see Jesus as that baby in a manger, and he, he was. He was a baby in a manger, but he's also, he's that conquering king, amen? He's the king, he's the, he's the one that came so that we could have life, but also he died so that we could have eternal life. You know, when we think about what Jesus done on the cross, I mean, it just gets me fired up about Christmas because I'm not looking at that baby in a manger. I'm thinking about the man on the cross. You know, and, and those two things go together. You know, when we think about what Jesus did, he came. Most all the, all the time we think about Jesus coming, we think about us, right? He came so that I could be saved. And yes, he did come so that all of us would be offered, we could have salvation if we chose to follow Jesus. Amen? If we chose to follow him. But he, he came for so many other reasons than just that. He came to make us holy. He came to make us a people that are marked by him. He came so that when people see us, they see Jesus. Amen? Not that when they see you, they see, they see you. I pray that when people see us today, they don't see us. They see Jesus. And the way they see Jesus is that we change. Okay? So they can't see Jesus if you're the same old nasty person you was before you said you was going to follow Jesus. Y'all with me? And we talk about that a lot because the reality is so many people say, I've changed, but then you really haven't changed. Just because you say you changed don't mean you've changed. Come on. you got to show it in your actions, you know? And when you show it in your actions, it just shows that you really mean what you say and you really want God to use you. And Jesus came, I think about it, he came to be our example. He came to be the example of which we should live our lives. And, you know, it was probably 10 or 15 years ago, y'all remember the bracelets, what would Jesus do, right? And that was to serve as a reminder. And anything we did in our life, we should put it by the litmus test of what would Jesus do in this situation, right? Because we should live our life in parallel to Jesus. We should live our life that, 
Anything we do, it should honor and glorify God. Now, no doubt, we fall a lot. And some of us fall more than others. Some of you don't even walk. You just crawl. Huh? But at least you're going somewhere. The thing is, he came so that we, he would give an example to show us how we can please God. And on his death and resurrection of the cross, it gave us the ability to have the Holy Spirit inside of us to enable us to please God. Man, that's exciting because we couldn't do that without him. And so that example that God gives us, the Holy Spirit living inside of us, helps us lead this life and, and please God. That way we can be the hands and feet of Jesus. And as I begin to think about this, everything in our walk with Christ all goes back to one thing. That's our heart. That's our heart. Showing, showing love. It was, it's a, it was like a, it was a, a joke between me and my wife for a while. It was like, you know, she, I would say something, and she's like, I don't see the love. Like, what do you mean you don't see the love? I say I love you. I don't, I don't see it. Love is not just a, a ver verbalization that you love somebody. You ever seen somebody say, I love you to, to their spouse, and then 45 minutes later they cussing each other out on the phone? I was like, where's love at? Huh? It's just one of those things of you can't just say something. It's, it's shown by action. Amen? It's shown by action. And so everything in our heart is motivated by love. Every motive that we have shows either one or two things. Either you love God or you love yourself. There's no middle ground there. Some of y'all want to gray it. And it's this, this, this much gray, and then there's Jesus. And the reality is either you love God and you want to give him everything, or you love yourself. Every decision that I have to make when I'm going to serve somebody or do something for somebody, it's either I love Jesus, I'm going to do it, or I love myself and I'm not going to do it. I, when I remain comfortable, when I remain comfortable, I love myself too much to step out because you know what? Your word, you're going to look dumb instead of saying, I believe in God, and if, even if I look dumb, I'm going to be faithful to Jesus. Amen? So, so even in even remain comfortable, you're saying I'm being selfish and I love myself more than I love God. And the reality is we fight that battle all the time. So I want to ask you this morning, where's the love at? Where's the love? Well, Mother Teresa, she had a quote, man, it just, it just hit me to the heart this week. It says, love is a one-way street. It always moves away from self in the direction of another. Love is the ultimate gift of ourselves to other people. When we stop giving, we stop loving. When we stop loving, we stop growing. And unless we grow, we will never obtain personal fulfillment. And we will never open, we never receive the open gift of God's love. It's through love that we encounter God. And man, that, I could, that, that was such an eloquent statement. But the reality is, is we can say we love God, but our love for God is shown in our actions. And it's shown in what we do. And I constantly go back to James. James says, Faith without works is dead. And it's not, that, it's not that we do things to be saved, right? We do things because we are saved, right? It's out of gratitude. I want to show people the love of Christ because I understand the love that Christ has for me. 
And when you start thinking of it in that dynamic, it changes everything. And, and I know that it's hard sometimes to step out of that comfort zone and go into the unknown where only Jesus is. I know that. But it all goes back to do you trust God? It all goes back is do you love Jesus? Do you want him to be glorified or do you want yourself to stay in this comfortable state and be safe? And serving shows the world around us where our heart is. And, and so when Jesus came, he came to set an example, but he also came to be a servant leader. You know, he came to serve. If my Jesus, the Savior that saved me of my sins, if he's seen it big, a big enough deal that he should set an example of what it looks to serve other people, then we better do it too. Amen? Your servant shows our heart. The last thing, the last thing that he taught his disciples was what it meant to serve. In John chapter 13, that's where we're going to be today. That was the last thing he told his disciples. He knew where he was headed, okay? Jesus knew that he was headed to the cross. He knew he was emotionally broken, okay, thinking of what he was going to have to endure. He, he was thinking about the physical torment he was going to have to give, but yet he was not thinking of himself in that moment. It would have been easy to say, I got too much on me right now, guys. I got to take some time and get out of here. I got to... No, they, he knew that those 12 people that he was discipling, he knew that those men in that room were going to carry the gospel on, and he wanted to make sure they got one of the most important things, and that's what it meant to give of yourself so sacrificially that it didn't matter what people thought of you, that you wanted people to get it. What it meant to truly give unto yourself until you give the last drop, and that's what he did. So Jesus sets the example. Jesus came to serve and to set the example. In John chapter 13, we're going to read these first 17 verses. It says, It was just before the Passover festival, Jesus knew that the hour had come for, them to leave this, for him to leave this world and go to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world. He loved them to the end. Amen. The evening meal was in progress, and the devil had already prompted Judas the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put him all things under his power and that he had come from God and he was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer garment and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to he came to Simon Peter, who said to him, "Lord, are you going to wash my feet?" And Jesus replied, "You don't realize now what I'm doing, but later you will understand." No," said Peter. You shall never wash my feet. And Jesus answered, Unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Then, Lord, Simon Peter replied, Not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. And Jesus answered, this, Those who have had a bath need only to wash their feet. Their whole body is clean. But you are, and you are clean, though not every one of you. For he knew who was going to betray him. And that was why he said that not everyone was clean. When he had finished washing all their feet, 
He put, on, he put his clothes and returned to his place. He says, do you understand what I have done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that, now that I, your Lord, your teacher, has washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly, I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor his messenger greater than the message. No messenger greater than the message who sent them. Now that you know these things, you'll be blessed if you do them. Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much for your word. I thank you, God, for giving us your word. I thank you, Father, for God just uh, your word being real and active and alive, God. And Father, I just pray that you would speak to our hearts today through this word. God, you would empower us to understand things that we've neglected for years. And God, you would change us today through this. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You know, when I read this, it gets me kind of, it makes me realize how much sometimes I'm like Peter, huh? Any of y'all can, can identify with that? You speak before you think. Any of y'all like that? Some of y'all need to be amen and like, amen, put both hands in the air. I ain't going to point nobody out. But uh, that's the thing. Like, it's so crazy. And, and, and here it is, Jesus, God in the flesh, takes off his, his, his outer garment, takes off his robe, puts a towel around his waist and starts washing these disciples' nasty feet. They weren't wearing Nikes. They weren't wearing Georgia boots. These boys had on sandals, okay? They were walking in the desert. I'm talking nasty, crusty, dirty feet. Some of y'all are getting heebie-jeebies right now. And Jesus says, I'm not so important that I don't care even for to clean the dirtiest of your body. And he wanted to show them what it meant. He lowered himself. He humbled himself down. See, when we serve, what it does is it humbles us down off this high horse that we ride. And we ride a high horse most of the time. There's things that are beneath us that we think is beneath us. And Jesus is saying, there's nothing too low that you shouldn't do to please me. See, so setting that example. Why, why do you think Peter, why do you think Peter rejected Jesus washing his feet? I mean, he sees Jesus start washing folks' feet. He sees them. He, he takes down. He's washing the grit, the grime off their feet. He's drying the feet off, and he gets to Peter, and Peter stands up. He's like, oh, Lord, no, you ain't doing this to me. Why? I think the same thing that a lot of us struggle with is Peter struggled with is his own pride. He didn't want, he didn't want him to do that. He didn't want him to, to have that part of his life. He didn't want him in to mess with, his, to mess with the dirtiness of his feet. He thought, no, you, you're not going to do that to me. And Jesus says, if you don't allow me to do this, you have no part of me. It's the willingness to let Jesus serve you. How many people have God been putting, he's been touching dirty things in your life? And you're like, uh-uh. You ain't washing that today. Come on. Jesus came to serve us, to wash us clean, church. Jesus don't want you to stay the same. He wants to wash even the dirtiest sin in your life out, but you got to allow him to wash it out. 
You've got to be subject to that and saying, Jesus, I'm not going to hold on to this. I'm not going to hold on to this sin. I'm not going to hold on to this heart problem. I want you to change me in this area right here. God, if you touched it, then do it, Lord. See, when we reject God to, re to remove sin in our life, we're just like Peter of saying, you can wash everybody else, but don't wash that. What you hold on to, church? What do you hold on to that, that Jesus has been saying, I want to wash this, wash you clean of this dirtiness? And you're like, you know what? I want to hold on to this. Because what he says is, if you won't let me wash you, then you have no part of me. It's either all or nothing. There's no middle ground. Either he's the Lord of your life or he's nothing at all. And so when he tells Peter that, If Peter rejects Jesus, then what happens is, is he's rejecting to experience that love. I want to tell you, I've had, I've, had, I've, had, I've had some really, really close friends of mine um, come to me, and they're like, Jeremy, I, want, I feel like God's, God's wanted me to, to uh, God spoke to me to do this. And so he, they invited uh, me and my wife to their house, and they washed our feet. And I ain't, I'm, I'm going I'm to admit it was kind of weird to begin with. But man, as they laid hands on me and they prayed for me, to, to see someone humble themselves down and wash my feet, that I knew they were clean, but they still, they washed my feet. I was like, wow, that person really loves me. They were willing to do that for me. And it's instant conviction in a way because there's people that I won't even talk to sometimes because I'm worried of what people are going to think if I, they, somebody sees me talking to them. But yet somebody was willing to do that. See, when we're willing to serve other people regardless of what other people think, it shows how much we love them. Amen? This past week, I, was, I, was went, I went to the... Gas station, I was getting some gas, and, and I was leaving out, and there's a guy. I, I used to log with my uncle, and, and man, there's a, if you know anything about the logging industry, there's some rough folks that work in the logging woods. And, and, and I was deemed, I was the kid, so I had to take everybody home. So I was the one driving uh, where, where, you know, where all the drug stuff was, and where, you know, I, I was the one that did that. And, and my, grand, my, my, my uncle, he, he thought that was hilarious. I had to take all the drunks home, and and so I was taking all these guys home. Well, I hated it at that time. You know what happened? God was using that time to give me an opportunity to have influence for the men. I didn't know that then, and God just spoke that to me. I was at the, I was at the, the um, counter with this guy, and he walks up, and he lays this double deuce up there on the counter, and I'm standing beside him. He don't know I'm preaching. I'm, gig I'm giggling because I know what's going to happen. And, and he, says, uh, he says, hey, Bubba, what you doing? I ain't seen you in forever. I was like, I know, man. I said, I'm just working, just hanging out. And I, and I tried to, I was talking to him for a minute. And he, he uh, somebody else came up and he stopped talking to me. So I just went out. And I got in the truck and I was getting ready to leave. And it's like the Lord telling me, you need to go talk to him and tell him that there's a different way. And I'm like, uh-uh. Everybody knows who he is. I ain't doing that. Don't judge me. Some of y'all looking at me, I'm judgmental. Don't judge me. You know you wouldn't have done it. And I go, and, and, and so he gets, so what, what, God's got a sense of humor. God, that man goes, and he walks in front of everybody, and he's just standing by the road. 
And God's like, go pick him up and take him home. I'm like, okay. I wheel in there. I stop. I pick him up. He gets in the truck. And we, first thing he says, hey, Bubba, you got a dollar fifty? He's like, no, man. <laughs> and I began to share what God done in my life with that guy. I began to share those things, and I just began to ask him questions. Like, man, why are you doing this? Why do you drink all the time? Why is this happening? And this grown man that's 59 years old began to weep in my truck. He began to cry in my truck. And he was like, you know what, Jeremy, you're the first person that's actually asked why. And I was like, because I, I care about you, man. I said, you're great. I mean, I just I shared that I did care about him. And I told him, I said, I ain't going to admit, I really didn't want to pick you up because I was worried somebody was going to think that you were trying to sell me something. You know how people be gossiping and stuff. But, mm, I saw the preacher pick up that man. You know, he be, you know how that goes. I said, but you know what? I, I, God just spoke to me, and he wanted me to tell you there's another way. You know what? That might not, that, I planted that seed, but I was faithful in that. See, when we serve other people, it takes us out of our comfort zone. And it, what it's doing is say, it's showing God, I mean what I say. That I'm putting money where my mouth is. It's putting feet to it. Y'all with me? Serving shows that. And when we don't want to serve and we complain about serving, it's telling God that we're ungrateful. And it's telling God that, you know what, I really don't love you like I say I do because I'm complaining that I'm doing the things you want me to do. My granddaddy one time, I think one of the worst whippings I'd ever seen anybody receive. Thank God it wasn't me on the other end. But we were, pick, we were picking up pears. And my, my, my cousin asked, asked my granddaddy, he said, how much you going to pay us? How much you going to pay us? I was, like, I was like, boy, you better shut up. I get picking up pears. Papa said, pay you? I ain't paying you nothing. He said, well, I ain't doing it then. And my granddaddy began to beat him. He looked at me, he said, you got a question? I was like, how many more pairs you want me to pick up, Papa? Because <laughs> we was there doing stuff for my granddaddy. My grand, anything my granddaddy wanted us to do, anything we wanted, my granddaddy done. And it was like, oh, so you want something in return. Now, you, you, don't, you don't appreciate what I've done for you. You just, you, just want, you just want to give, give, give. See, when we constantly complain, it's like we're telling God, give me, give me, give me, give me, and we don't want to give anything in return. I heard a pastor say that we come to God with our prayers. It's say, hey, Lord, it's Jimmy. Give me. You know, it, it, when we serve God, it's telling God, you know what? It's not just about me, Lord. It's about you. I want to give back in what I have received. See, when Jesus humbles himself down and he, and he goes and he, he serves his, 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 his disciples, he's telling them that there's nothing to Nasty. There's nothing too small. There's nothing that he wouldn't do for his people. And so we should, and he said, so the same thing that I've done to you, go do to other people. You should do to one another. We should serve each other. That's the last thing he taught. Why? Because serving shows your love for each other. So why do we grumble? Why do we gripe? Why do we complain? Why do we tell God no when he asks us to serve? Why? I really think about it. It's the whole culture we live in right now. Our whole culture is a consumer culture. Everything is about me, right? Me, me, me. It's a consumer. If it don't benefit me, then I'm not going to have anything to do with it. Bye, bye, bye. It's about me. All You watch commercials on TV. It is, it is, it is completely out of... Just 
focus to the individual. It's all about you, what you want, what makes you happy, and, and, and nothing about anyone else. And so if you're not careful, that, that carries right on into the church. That's why people want to just come to church and not serve. You know why? Because they want to get fed. They don't want to help be a part of anything else. They don't want to be a part of the church. They don't want to be a part of, of serving the community. They just want to come, get their fix, and leave. You know why? Because it's about them and not about Jesus. You know? And so when you, when you realize that it's about Jesus and not just about you, it's like, Lord, what do you want me to do? I'll, I'll scrub the toilets with a toothbrush if you want me to. What, what do you want me to do, God? There's nothing too small. There's nothing too nasty. There's nothing you want me to do. I shared that story with y'all when we about a couple weeks ago. We came in here. It's been, it's been a couple months ago, but I shared the story a couple weeks. I, me and Dallas came in here one day, and, and I, I just love how Dallas has a weak stomach. And so we came in here, and it was like right here where Lindy's sitting. There was a puddle of dried throw-up right here. And it was, it was legit. It was chunky. It was legit right here. Dallas walked up to it, and he said, what is, what is that? And I was like, man, I ain't cleaning that up. Uh-uh. He said, you got to. I can't do it. I was like, I ain't doing that. I just ain't, I ain't doing it. And God convicted me right there. He said, are you too big to not clean that up? Or you expect somebody else to do it? You know what I did? I cleaned it up. And Dallas laughed at me because I was over there like about to die. But I cleaned it up. But when I thought about, when I was reading this text, that's what I thought about because cleaning somebody's feet was the same as cleaning up throw up on the floor. There's nothing that we shouldn't be willing to do to please God, to honor God, to do anything. See, what happens in this text is when Peter first, he says, I'm not, -uh, you're not going to do that to me. He says, look, if you don't allow me to work in your life, then you have no part of me. Peter changes in, that, in the text. All of a sudden, it's like, oh, you ain't doing that. Oh, you ain't washing my feet. And then he says, ho, 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 I tell you what, wash my feet, but get my head in my hands too. I love that. He's like, he's from one extreme to the other, but it's like, you know what, don't, don't just get my feet, get my whole body. Because he realized, all right, I, I don't want to miss this. And that's my heart. I, I hope that's your heart too. I don't want to miss this. I don't want to miss the opportunities God's given me because every opportunity to serve is not for you to be a blessing to other people. It's so that other people can be a blessing to you. You miss out on the blessing that God has for your life when you refuse not to serve God. And it's not about you all the time. See, that's, that's it. I think we think it's about me. It's about my comfort. But God's wanting to teach you something when you are showing other people to love. And we miss out as the God's people so many times because we've made life about me instead of making it about other people. And you know what? When you do life and you, and, and you, and you really throw everything into it, sometimes you're going to get hurt because we have expectations. I tell Sabrina the other day, I, was, I, was, I, had, I had done some things for some friends and, and, and I was... I, get, I was hurt that I didn't get the response in which I thought I should get. Any, any of y'all ever felt that way? You know why? Because I went in there with my own expectations. I, go, I went in there with a fantasy that they were going to be like, oh, thank you so much. That was so awesome. Thank you. God's using you in a mighty way. You know what they said? All right, just leave it at the door. And I'm like, man, I'll take this stuff back home. What would you talk to me like that? 
Act like you're ungrateful. And God, and I got in the truck, and I was kind of upset about it. And, I, and God checked me, you know. He was like, you had your own expectations. It don't matter what their response is. You just need to make sure that, that, you're, that I'm happy with you. And I cried going home. I was like, God, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I, I'm, I'm just being real with you guys, let you know that I'm jacked up too, okay? We in this together, right? And it's not about perfection, but it's about progress, right? And I'm making progress. Praise Jesus. I'm making progress. But Peter's whole dynamic changed. And see, when you actually serve people, it changes your heart. When you actually get out of your comfort zone, when you get off that pew and, and, and get in, in, in God's work and do something, it changes things. You begin to see ministry come alive. You begin to see Jesus come alive. He, we were created to be a vessel of change around us. God wants to use you to reach people around you not just be this consumer where you're just getting poured into. And so when, when Peter's seen that, like it changed everything. From that moment on, Peter's life changed. See, when we love God, it becomes personal to us. When you truly love God, it becomes personal. And see, that's a lot of the problem with so many people is Jesus isn't personal to them. Now, if he's ever saved you from something catastrophic, if he saved you from an addiction, if he saved you from, from, if he saved your marriage, if he saved something from something big, he becomes personal because you understand there's no way you would overcome that situation apart from Jesus. But the problem I had is that I was an ordinary man for a long time. I was a good boy, so my grandma called me. I, I didn't struggle with a lot of stuff early on, but then... I was like, okay, well, I wasn't thankful for nothing because I really didn't struggle with nothing. You know why? Because I was looking at everybody else and seeing how bad they were instead of looking at me. It's funny how God has a sense of humor because after I thought that, my life started falling apart and I started struggling with addiction. I started struggling with my, my marriage. Everything went to going downhill. And when God saved me and God changed me, it gave me a whole different outlook of gratitude. I'm thankful for what he brought me out of. How many of you are thankful for what God's brought you out of? Amen. So if you're thankful for what he brought you out of, what, what, what do you do? What do you do in response to that? Do you just say, thank you, God, and keep going? Or do you like, God, I want, I want to do whatever you want me to do to, to show you that I am for real? And the people that I see in the community that, that people think are, are fanatics or radical, they're just people that truly love Jesus. They want everybody to know the love of Christ. So I want to ask you a question. How do, you, how do you know, love, and serve God? How do you know, love, and serve God? How do you prove to God that you love him? How have you done that? How have you done that? See, I know in my family, I know in my family that the way I tell, I show my wife and I show my son that I love them is what I do for them. You know why? I can tell my wife I love you all day long. If she's telling me she's struggling with stuff, and I'm like, you know what? That's your problem. I got my own stuff. You do your own thing. But if I come alongside of her and she says, you know what, Jeremy, I've had a hard day today. I'm like, you know what? Go take a bath, baby. I got this. I told you about her long bath last week. But, you know, it's all right, baby. You go, you go take a bath. I got this boy. You know, we're going we're gonna to sit here. I'm going to take care of him. You do. You have you. It shows her that I care. What you do shows how much you care. You with me? 
I know how much my, my father loved me because of how much he's done for me. I know how much Jesus loves me, so how much he has done for me. And so what we do shows how much we love. And those that do little, love little. Those that do much, love much. And it's just, it's just and, and some of you are looking, looking, looking at me like, what you trying to say, I ain't doing enough? No, I ain't saying that. God's telling you that. I ain't saying that. The reality is, is how much we do shows how much we love. And, and love begins, it's an action alongside of a word. And so we can't say we love Jesus and do nothing. Going back to James, faith without works is dead. Okay, so we can't say we have faith in God and not do what God's called us to do. Amen? That's why so many churches are dead, dying, and going to be extinct in the next 10 years. Because they're not doing the work God's called them to do. And it's not the pastor's fault. A lot of times it's the people because they're not motivated by love to serve Jesus. And if we would be motivated by the love in which we say we have for God, man, we, we could solve so many issues. There was, a, there was a statistic that said that if, if each person, each professing Christian, each family, each family, there's a professing Christian family in the United States would adopt one child, there would be no children homeless. There would be no need for foster care. There will be no need for um, any kind of orphanage. We say we love God, but, but, but yet we won't open our homes to, to take care of any children that need help. We got to put our faith to work, church. Amen. We got to, be, we got to put our faith in action. God desires us to serve. Because when we serve, it shows our heart. There's a great saying. It says, save people, serve people, right? I never wanted to really help people that didn't benefit me until I met Jesus. Before it was, I'd help you if I knew it was going to help me later. Come on. I want, I'd help you if I knew it was going to help me later. But, it, but, but now it's like, you know, it don't matter if it, if it, if it, if it benefits me or not. If, if whatever I do, if God's telling me to do, I don't care if I get a dime for it. I don't care if I get recognition for it. I don't care. You amen? Because when you realize what God has saved you from, the next step is I just want to serve him. I want to make him happy with me. I want to make sure that, that whatever I do pleases him. So why don't we be in those people? If God saved you, come on. And why? He served you with salvation. Let's serve other people the same goodness and, and that he's given us. And when we talk about serving people, some people think about, you know, you go to the extreme, okay? Oh, that means I got to give all my money away. No. God might be telling you that. But God, but God might be telling you to go to your neighbor and help fix their porch. God might be telling you to go to your other neighbor and, and take them to school or take them to the, shopping, to the shopping center because they ain't got a vehicle. God might be just wanting you to, to love on the people around you because you love Jesus. That's what he's called us to be, those people that are marked by love. And, and nothing shows our love more than serving. Now look, serves people, serve people. It's addictive. It's, amen? When, when people have loved on me because their love for Jesus, it just made me want to love on somebody else. 
I remember when I laid up in the, I was laid up in the hospital bed at the house, and, and, and some men from Elam came, and they, uh, one guy, uh, Dusty, Dusty, he's a real handyman, and he's like, what you need? I was like, and, you know, I'm proud. I, was, I still am. I struggle with pride. I was prideful. I don't need nothing. Hmm? How many of us do that up in here? People want to love on you, won't let them. It's another message for another day. But the thing is, is he, he said, what, what you need? I said, I don't need nothing. He's like, well, so then Dusty was smart. He's like, well, how are you working? I was like, well, I can't right now because I don't have anything to work on my laptop. Next day, homeboy brings me this elaborate desk that fits over my hospital bed, okay, so that I could continue to work and make money, you know. That blew me away. I was like, why would you do that? He said, because, man, I love you. And, man, when I was laid up, that meant the world because there was nothing I could do to repay him or anything. You know what that done for me? Is when I notice people are, are immobilized and can't do nothing, I want to go do something for them. People came and brought, my, brought meals so my wife wouldn't have to cook for, for us. She could just come take care of me and my feeble self, you know? So she, it, just, it just spoke to us because, like, you care about us that much to make something as, as small as a meal so I wouldn't have to do that? You know what that made me want to do? When somebody needs some help, somebody's sick, I want to take them a meal. I want to show them the love because I know what it feels like to be served. How selfish is it for us to have been served, for us to have been loved on by other people and even loved on by God and not share that with anyone else? Serve people, serve people. And people that are missional, People that are truly missional about the kingdom of God and what God's called us to do, they serve people. People that get it. People that understand that we're not here just to take, 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 that we're here to give. When you get that. You see, when I see people that just love serving, they got a joyful heart, they are smiles all the time. That you, that, let me tell you, I see people that love Jesus. I see people that understand they know what it means to follow Christ. They understand those things. Serving shows our heart, and our lack of serving don't. You know, what I love about this story is that it was, like I said, it was the last thing before. It was the last thing that had to happen. It was the last teaching that he said before Jesus went and died on the cross. And he, he was telling them because he knew that if we didn't serve, if we didn't serve, he didn't teach them what it meant to serve. They would just be a bunch of people that were giving commands and wasn't being, wasn't being a life-changing vessel. So I think we need to understand something as we get ready to close and go serve our community. Is there is a cost for disobedience. He didn't say serve if you want to. He didn't say serve if you have to. He just said serve, amen? And so there is a benefit to obedience and there is a cost for disobedience in matthew chapter 26 verse 34 chapter 25 verse 34 says this says then the king will say to those on his right come you who are blessed by my father take your inheritance the kingdom has prepared for you since the creation of the world for i was hungry and you gave me something to eat i was thirsty and you gave me something to drink i was a stranger and you invited me in I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you? We're hungry, and feed you, and thirsty, and gave you something to drink. When did we see you as a stranger and invite you in? 
or needed clothes and clothed you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go visit me? And the king replied, I tell you, whatever you did to the least of these, whatever you did to the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you've done for me. And he continues on where he says to those that didn't do it, and he, they were cast into hell. And he says, when did we not see that? He said, look, when you, when you looked over people, when you were too important for people, when you didn't do it to the least of these, you did it. You, not, you did not do it to me. When we serve people, that our perspective has to change. And we need to not look at the face of the man or the woman. And we need to look to the cross. Because when we serve, it's doing it to the least of these. It's we're doing it not for them, we're doing it for Jesus. In order for us to be the hands and feet of Jesus Christ, we have to take and realize that he's called us to be obedient people that are serving out of the gratitude of our heart. And if we're people that are doing that, there's no room for grumbling. There's no room for griping, and there's no room for complaining or excuses. So God's called us to put our money where our mouth is. And if we're not serving, that's a great indicator. If our heart's bad, jacked up about helping other people, then that's a great indicator of something wrong in our heart. And Jesus says that what you did to the least of these, you will be rewarded. And what you did not do, it will be counted against you. What you do matters, church. How you love matters, church. So the question I got to ask you today when we close is have you been just giving God lip service or do you really mean what you say? Time is short. And it's time for us to quit playing that game of making, making excuses and painting this pretty face on. But has what you've been telling God a bunch of lies or is it really from the heart? Are you telling God what he wants to hear or have you been backing that up with action? That's what service looks like. And as we go out today to go serve our community, I want you to think about that. I want you to think about where you are. I want you to think about your heart. Nobody knows your heart better than you. But before we leave, I want to give anyone in here that has not given Jesus Christ the rule and reign of their life, I want to give you an opportunity to receive salvation. If you don't know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, if you've never trusted in Him or given Him your life, truly given it to Him. I ain't talking about going to church. I'm talking about truly surrender your life to Jesus. If you've never done that today, I just want to challenge you to raise your hand so we can pray with you and, and, and celebrate with you. Amen. Amen, sister. Amen. Amen. Someone will, someone will grab her and pray with her. We just want to celebrate with you and, and pray with you, help you take your next step. That's awesome. And as we leave here in just a moment, and I preached longer than I said I would, who knew that? Let's be intentional with how we love on everyone around us. Amen? Let's go out and be the hands and feet of Jesus. Let's be the smiles that they've never seen before. Let's be the tears that they wish they would have saw. Let's be the voice that they wish they would have heard. Let them see Jesus in you today. Amen? If you will, stand. I'm going to pray. We're going we're gonna to sing one more song, right? And then we're going to be dismissed, and Sam's going to come up and lead you guys out of here.
with, with some instructions. Father God, we come to you right now thanking you, Lord, for what you're doing in this place and thank you, Lord, what you're doing in people's hearts. God, I pray that you would continue to help mold us and shape us and, God, you would change us. God, I pray that we'd be a people that don't give you lip service, but, God, we're people that show you in action and we show people around us. So, Father, I pray today that we would be a force to reckon with because of our love for you, that we'd be so radically and emphatically love with you, God, that people around us will think we're slapped crazy. God, move in us. Show us some areas in our life that we've been lying to you in. Show us areas in our life that we've been not honest in. God, show us, God, so we can change and we can be real. God, show us the excuses we've been given. God, show us the obstacles in our path so that we may repent and do right by you, Father.